0: Hi friends, thank you for joining me for another episode of Good Morning Family, a podcast of my weekly sermons. Who knows, maybe I'll throw in a special sermon for you every now and then. I hope this podcast is good news for you. If you find these words helpful, please rate and review my podcast on iTunes or on whatever host you found it. Thanks for your help and for being part of the family. And now, here's this week's sermon. Listen and enjoy. Good morning, family. Today is the second Sunday of Christmas. It's also the 10th day of the season of Christmas. Christmas ends this Wednesday, January 6th, with Epiphany, the day we celebrate the Magi finding and worshiping the Christ child. It's the first time we see Jesus as the Savior for all the world, not just for Israel. But today, we'll look at the Gospel according to John. Now, I've got to tell you, John's Gospel account is a little different from the other three. Matthew and Luke give us details about the story of Jesus' birth. Those are the passages we read on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And the Gospel according to Mark, as we'll see next Sunday, doesn't talk about Christmas at all. Mark jumps right in with Jesus and John the Baptist. Now the gospel according to John talks about the birth of Jesus in more theological terms. John talks about things like light shining in darkness. Here, let me show you what I mean. Let's read from John chapter one. Hear the word of the Lord. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light, but the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified about him crying out. This is the one of whom I said, he who comes after me is greater than me because he existed before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. As the law was given through Moses, so grace and truth came into being through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. God, the only Son, who is at the Father's side, has made God known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Happy New Year! We've just concluded a year in which we experienced many things happen that we thought could never happen. Many things we thought were nailed down came loose. We find ourselves a tad bit overwhelmed and a bit relieved that 2020 is finally over. Sadly, people are suffering extreme stress or even depression about the pandemic. 2020 has been a year of loss. Some have lost friends and loved ones, some have lost jobs, and people everywhere are looking for something they can trust in the new year. What can we say at a time like this? Surely our faith in God and our faith traditions have something to offer us in times like these. Well, let's think about this for a moment. No act of God in all of history gives us more reason to hope in any situation than the incarnation does. Well, what is the incarnation? We've been celebrating the incarnation for 10 days now, haven't we? So, what is the incarnation? John explains it this way The Word became flesh and made his home among us. At the right time and in the most unforgettable way, God stepped into our world of sin and sorrow to break the grip of evil and to save us from sin, from ourselves, and from all the demonic forces that deface the image of God in us. On that night of nights, God entered our world as a tiny little baby. But this was no ordinary infant. In him we got a glimpse of God. In him, we came to know more about God than has ever been known before. In Jesus, we saw and we still see the face of God. That had never happened before in human history, and it has never needed to happen in that way again. It should not have surprised the people of Jesus' day that God would show up somehow to influence people and events. The Jewish people were steeped in a God-saturated history. Ever since Adam, God had been actively involved in the details of Israel's life. God spoke to Abraham and Moses. God appeared in dreams to Jacob and Joseph. Then he spoke to Israel through the prophets. The Jews of Jesus' day knew of a God that showed up but they did not expect God to show up the way he did, as a child of peasant parentage, without royal credentials, without power as they understood power, and with a human face. A speaking God fit comfortably into their tradition, but no one expected God in human form. The announcement that God had become one of us with flesh and blood with the feelings and features of any other man, defied belief. Yet here we are, and in every Christmas season, face to face with the God whose face even Moses was not allowed to see. In our gospel today, John offers no details of how and where the birth of Jesus took place. John simply says, the light, that's Jesus, came to his own people. John gives us no manger scene, no adoring shepherds, no wise men from the east, just the incredible revolutionary announcement that God has become like us in Jesus so that we can become like him. In the incarnation, in Jesus becoming one of us, we see the nature of God in a way that far exceeds any previous understanding. In Jesus, we're able to see all of God we need to see. Last week, we talked about the importance of catching a glimpse of Jesus. But today, I want to say that it's crucial for us to keep looking at Jesus, to keep our eyes on Jesus, if we want to know what God is like. This is a vast improvement over the way things used to be. Thanks to Jesus, God is no longer a distant and disembodied voice. The Incarnation shows us that not only is Jesus like God, but God is just like Jesus. And he always has been, though we didn't always know it. Isn't it wonderful to know that the God who came to us in Jesus still comes to us? The experience is not limited to dead saints and distant history. It happens every day to and through some of the strangest people and circumstances. And it can happen to you. And maybe it already has. Now, most of us have a well-developed theology for the good times in life. When everything is going well in our lives and in our world, we get along fine with the God of good times. And when times are really good, we sometimes get along fine without God. But our theology of prosperity with God in an Armani suit disappears when tragedy strikes. Where is God when our world falls apart? Where is God when we face tragedy beyond description? If you think back to Good Friday last year, I told you the story of Elie Wiesel in the Auschwitz concentration camp where both his parents and his sister died and where he witnessed unspeakable horrors. He told of one terrible evening when the whole camp was forced to watch the execution of three prisoners, one of them, a child. As the three victims were being prepared for execution, a man asked out loud, where is God? As the whole camp was forced to march past the gallows where the victims were hanging. Wiesel heard the same man ask again, where is God now? Ellie Wiesel replied, where is God? God is here hanging on the gallows. The God of the universe incarnate in Jesus, the Christ who himself died a horrible death on a cross is always with us. He does not leave us alone in life or in death in the best of times or in the worst of times. Thankfully, God always, always, always shows up at the most unexpected times and in the most unexpected ways and in the most unexpected places. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, we join with creation and the angels above in praising you, our maker, and redeemer for the wonders around us, for the glory of your grace, and for the Christ child born in a stable, who is salvation for all people upon earth. Thank you again for sending your son so that we can know you and your love for us. Again, we pray for our world and especially for all those affected and afflicted by the coronavirus. Give us your healing your protection and your peace, we pray. And now, using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thanks again for joining me. Your job this week is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it, okay? Because everybody needs to know that God loves them. No, matter what, right? Don't let these days rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.